Grace and peace to you from God our Father and from our Lord Jesus, dear friends. The part of God's word that we'll give our attention to this morning comes from the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 13. Since it is a record of our Savior's words, I invite you to please stand for our Gospel reading. Jesus told them another parable. The kingdom of heaven is like a man who sowed good seed in his field. But while everyone was sleeping, his enemy came and sowed weeds among the wheat and went away. When the wheat sprouted and formed heads, then the weeds also appeared. The owner's servants came to him and said, Sir, didn't you sow good seed in your field? Where then did the weeds come from? An enemy did this, he replied. The servants asked him, Do you want us to go and pull them up? No, he answered, because while you are pulling the weeds, you may uproot the wheat with them. Let both grow together until the harvest. At that time I will tell the harvesters, first collect the weeds and tie them in bundles to be burned. Then gather the wheat and bring it into my barn. Then he left the crowd and went into the house. His disciples came to him and said, Explain to us the parable of the weeds in the field. He answered, The one who sowed the good seed is the Son of Man. The field is the world, and the good seed stands for the people of the kingdom. The weeds are the people of the evil one, and the enemy who sows them is the devil. The harvest is the end of the age, and the harvesters are angels. As the weeds are pulled up and burned in the fire, so it will be at the end of the age. The Son of Man will send out his angels, and they will weed out of his kingdom everything that causes sin and all who do evil. They will throw them into the blazing furnace where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Then the righteous will shine like the sun in the kingdom of their Father. Whoever has ears, let them hear. This is the gospel of our Lord. Please be seated. In this sermon series, we've been looking at some of Jesus' parables, and we'll look at either, even more. And you know, some of his parables are very straightforward. Things happen pretty much as we would expect them to. The parable of the sower that we looked at last week is a pretty good example. It was no real surprise to hear that some of the seed that was scattered along the path got snatched up by birds. That's what happens wasn't a big surprise to hear that some of the seed that was planted in that shallow, rocky soil withered under the heat of the sun. That's what happens. In another one of Jesus' parables, he talks about how just a little bit of yeast can work its way through a whole batch of dough. Again, not too surprising. In another parable, Jesus mentions how a net let down into the lake catches up all kinds of different fish. Again, no big surprise. But then there are some of Jesus' parables that leave us scratching our heads a little bit. Things don't happen the way that we might expect them to. There are some surprises. For example, the parable of the dishonest manager. In that parable, the master actually commends that manager for his shrewdness rather than blasting him for his dishonesty. In the parable of the workers in the vineyard, 
who were hired on at various times throughout the day, we hear at the end that the landowner paid all of them the same wage rather than paying them according to the number of hours that they worked. Kind of surprising. In the parable of the prodigal son, the father welcomes that offending son back with a big celebration rather than putting him on probation. Surprise. Well, this parable that we're looking at today is kind of a mixture of the two. There's much in this parable of the weeds that's pretty straightforward. We don't have to spend a lot of time on the details. They're all pretty simple. And Jesus explains them very clearly for us. He tells us that the field is the world. The one who sows the good seed in this field is the Son of Man. It's Jesus. And the good seed stands for His people, for believers. The weeds are people of the evil one. Unbelievers sowed by the enemy, Satan. And the harvest, when the weeds and the wheat will finally be separated, that's the last stage, Jesus says. But even though the details are pretty simple, even though Jesus' explanation of them is very clear, there are still some surprises in this parable. The gardener doesn't react to the weeds or respond to the weeds in the way that we might expect. It reminds us of this truth from Scripture, that my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. But even so, we can't argue with the results that the gardener gets. And that's really the point of this parable. Jesus wants us to see that he has a plan for us as his people, to live as wheat among the weeds in this world. And even though it's not a plan that we would have devised on our own, the results of the plan are exactly what we're hoping for. So even when the plan doesn't make sense to us, we know as God's people that we can always trust the gardener. The first thing that's kind of surprising in this parable is the reaction of the gardener to the weeds. Clearly his servants were confused and upset about this. And we can understand that. That makes sense to us. I mean, imagine if you set aside a little plot of ground in your backyard to put in a garden. You stripped away all the turf. Maybe you took up some of the soil that was there to make sure any of the bad stuff was gone. Then you bring in a couple of loads of certified weed-free dirt to put in there. You spread it real nice. You put a little fence around that thing. Then you plant in that garden just exactly what you want. Then about two weeks later, as those plants start poking through the soil, you notice all kinds of weeds growing up alongside of them. Well, you'd have some questions too, right? I mean, did we get swindled on that weed-free dirt? Did we actually plant just flowers and vegetables in this garden, or did we accidentally have a packet of weed seed mixed in there? Like the servants in the parable, we'd be confused and probably upset. But the gardener is not confused. He knows exactly what happened. He knows that the, the weeds in his field are not the result of him doing something wrong. No, he says, an enemy did this. Satan did this. 
Jesus explains the weeds are the people of the evil one. Unbelievers who were sowed by Satan in this world. And no doubt the gardener is upset too, but he doesn't lose his cool. He's not surprised by this. This is what Satan does. And this wicked work has been going on since the very beginning. And so, rather than wringing his hands over the presence of weeds in his field, the gardener stays focused on his plan for the wheat. And he wants us to do the same thing. How do we react to the weeds in the world around us? To the unbelievers and to all of the ugliness that those weeds and the one who sowed them produces in this world? Seems like hardly a day goes by that we don't hear about another mass shooting somewhere. You watch the news and you see one story after another of people walking into stores, taking whatever they want, and then casually walking out without paying for any of it. Ideas about sexuality that were once considered too shameful to even see the light of day are now championed under the banner of love and held up as good and honorable. Basic truth about gender that the Creator established from the very beginning is simply ignored or rejected in our world. Wars and inhumanity rage in so many places in our world and few people really seem interested in putting an end to it. Like the servants in the parable, do we wonder sometimes, God made a mistake? Didn't you sow good seed in your field? Are we shocked by what we see going on in the world around us? Do we wonder, how could some of these things be happening? And how could God allow them to keep happening? Are we shocked that God doesn't seem as upset about all this as we are? Well, in His Word, God makes it perfectly clear how He feels about all this. In Psalm 5, it says, You are not a God who takes pleasure in evil. You hate all who do wrong. And even though that's true, that's not the thought that drives God as He works in this world. He doesn't just sit back and wring His hands in anger over the presence of all these weeds. He doesn't withdraw Himself from the world because of everything that the enemy has sown here. Again, He stays focused on His plan for the wheat. And He wants us to do the same. You know, the temptation for us as we live in this world is to grow discouraged and angry at everything that we see going on. The temptation is for us to maybe withdraw as much as we can or try to avoid the weeds altogether. The temptation is there for us to complain about all of the problems rather than focusing on God's promise. We have this feeling that something needs to be done about all this. And that really brings us to the second big surprise that we find in this parable. Okay, the weeds are present. We know where they came from. But what should we do about them? The servants have a suggestion. They say to the gardener, do you want us to go and pull them up? And that sounds like a pretty good solution. But remember what we heard before. My thoughts are not your thoughts, and neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. 
No, the gardener says, let both grow together until the harvest. Now that plan is kind of surprising in my experience and probably yours too. I wish I had known this parable a little bit better when I was a kid. I would have had a good response every time that mom and dad told me to go and weed the garden out back. I could have simply said, you know, Jesus says, let both grow together until the harvest. I'm guessing that most of you that have flower beds or vegetable gardens are pretty quick to take care of the weeds, or at least you wish you were. One of my first real jobs besides a paper out as a kid was working on a fruit and vegetable farm. I remember being handed a hoe and being pointed in the direction of a large strawberry field and then spending the next several days carefully working around each one of those plants to get rid of the weeds. That's what we do in our gardens. But that's not what the gardener wants done in his field. He says, let both grow together until the harvest. And why? Well, it's the gardener's love for the wheat that drives his surprising plan. He says, while you are pulling the weeds, you may uproot the wheat with them. And we recognize the possibility of that. I mean, even the most aggressive weeders are going to be very careful as they work closely around the plants. I know I had to be careful as I was swinging that hole around those delicate strawberry plants. But even so, as careful as we might be, we recognize that some plants still may be lost in the process. And yet, in our gardens, we're willing to take that risk if it means being free of the weeds. And see, that's what sets this gardener's plan apart from many others. The wheat are so precious to him that he's not willing to risk any of them being lost. If as God's servants in the world, we were to set out to try and remove all the weeds that exist, how much damage might we do to the wheat in the process? We make judgments about things based on what we see, but we rarely see the whole picture. So, Instead of gently working to restore a fallen and struggling sinner, we might simply be tempted to label them as a weed and condemn them outright and destroy their faith altogether. In our zeal to rid this world of the weeds, our own faith might be damaged or destroyed. We know how Satan would stir up all kinds of self-righteous pride in our hearts as we look down our noses at the weeds in this world and thought, boy, God is lucky to have people like us to do this weeding for Him. As God's servants in this world, we are part of the wheat that He has promised to preserve and to protect. And so rather than sending us out to take care of the weeds, God instead wants us to focus on growing as His wheat to keep hearing His Word, to keep growing in our faith, to keep living our faith and sharing that faith with others. And God wants us to do all this growing right in the midst of the weeds. This part of the gardener's plan is not only surprising, it's amazing. I mean, in our gardens, no good could come from this. But in God's garden, in the garden of this world, the wheat can actually influence the weeds. 
Jesus says as much. In Matthew 5, He says, Let your light shine before men that they may see your good deeds and praise your Father in heaven. So the gardener delays uprooting the weeds for the sake of the wheat. And He calls on the wheat to keep on growing for the sake of the weeds. In John chapter 10, Jesus says, I have other sheep that are not of this sheep pen. I must bring them also. Sounds like Jesus wants to add more to the harvest, right? Responding to some who are wondering if God's promised righteous judgment would ever come in this world. The Apostle Peter said this, The Lord is not slow in keeping His promise. No, He is patient with you, not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. And so, here we see another reason why the gardener wants the wheat and the weeds to grow together until the harvest. If we set out to rid this world of weeds, we might, in the process, destroy some that, by God's grace, are meant to be included among the wheat. Remember the story of the Apostle Paul. Prior to his conversion to the faith, he could have been labeled a weed real easy. An enemy of Christ and an enemy of Christ's church outright in every way. But God had a plan for him. And so he confronted that Saul on the road to Damascus. He blinded him and had him led into the city to await further instructions. Then God came to one of his people, Ananias, and said, I have a job for you. I want you to go and see that Saul. I want you to baptize him and tell him the plans that I have for him. Imagine if Ananias would have balked at God's command and thought of Saul only as a weed. And instead of baptizing him, simply put him to death. Rid the world of that weed. How much potential wheat might have been lost by that one single act? See, just as God has plans for the wheat in this world, He also has plans for the weeds. The message, the good news of Jesus' life, death, and resurrection. The promise of His full and free forgiveness and amazing grace that keeps the wheat growing and thriving in this world is the very same message that has the power to turn weeds to wheat and replace death with life. As God's wheat in this world, the very reason that He leaves us here planted as we are so that we might have impact on those around us. So that many more might be included in the crop and look forward to the harvest just as we do. So there are a number of things about this parable that are kind of surprising. But one thing that shouldn't surprise us at all is how it all ends. God's promises will be kept And his plans ultimately will be carried out. His just judgment will come on all those who persist in their rejection of the Savior he sent. If they remain weeds, their fate at the harvest is clear. They'll be uprooted from the kingdom and thrown into the fire. Likewise, God's promises to the wheat will also be kept. He will preserve us and protect us as we grow among the weeds of this world. And when the time is right, He will gather us safely into His barn. 
And even though right now we might not look like much as we grow among the weeds in this world, God says on that day, his people are going to shine like the sun in the kingdom of their father. The gardener is going to get good results. So rather than wringing our hands about all the weeds, rather than devising plans to get rid of them, keep on growing as God's wheat. Keep on looking forward to the harvest that he has promised. And keep on trusting the gardener's plan. Jesus says, whoever has ears, let them hear. Amen. Now may the peace of God which surpasses all understanding guard and keep your hearts and minds through faith in Christ Jesus. Amen.